0: Thank the whole team, did a wonderful job this morning. Let's give them another hand. <laughs> Choir and all the specials. I do think we ought to blame Eve some here. I don't know why. I... <laughs> I'm kidding.
1: Okay,
0: if you have your Bibles, you can turn. We'll be there in a minute. And if you've got a pad, you can just write some verses down. I'm going to try to give you a number of verses this morning, if you don't mind. So you can follow along, and you can take them home, study them, hope that they'd be a blessing to you. Water baptism has divided so many believers uh, across this country for years that it's created new denominations. They fight over the mode: Is it by immersion, by sprinkling, or is it by pouring, you know, like you see a picture, what formula is to be used? What words are to be said in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, or just in the name of Jesus only? What formula is to be used? They fight over that. I've heard of sometimes some people they take people down three times, once in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I think I'd come up that last time and say, "Is it over?" <laughs> but it's led to a lot of confusion. Some teach baptism is a sacrament. They say it has a certain amount of grace given to the individual person or baby. And uh, they say then at that time it washes away original sin. That's what they say. Some teach it's necessary for salvation. You have to be baptized to be saved. Some teach that you receive the Holy Spirit when you're water baptized. That's when you're actually totally confirmed then. One group says, well, you can be saved without baptism, but you don't, you don't receive the Holy Spirit until you are water baptized. And uh, the Bible says if you don't have the Spirit, you're none of His. <laughs> so, of course, that's, that was wrong. Some say infants are to be baptized. Some say only adults. Some say to be like Jesus, you must be baptized. And uh, it's interesting as you study this out. Over history, baptism has taken millions of individual people and they have been tortured, martyred, They've suffered unbelievable intolerances just because they didn't believe in the way the other group believed about baptism. Somebody one time asked D.L. Moody, the great old-time evangelist, he said, Moody, would you tell us what do you hold concerning baptism? Mr. Moody said, mainly my tongue. (laughs) I thought that was a good answer. Some say you'll never be used by God until you're water baptized after you've been saved. You'll never be used by God. Mr. Moody, he believed that the fact of being baptized by the Spirit of God into the body of Christ was sufficient. And then you ask yourself, did God ever use D.L. Moody? Huh? Uh, He he won millions to the Lord, as far as I've studied. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 2 says this here. Of the doctrine of baptisms and laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment, the doctrine of baptisms, plural there. And then he says this in chapter 9, verse 10. Which stood only in meats and drinks and divers washings—it's the same word for baptism in the other passage—and carnal ordinances, carnal ordinances imposed on them, until the time of a reformation. I've often heard this: if water baptism was good enough for the Lord, then it's good enough for me, huh? That the Lord was baptized, I want to be baptized, okay? But he also was circumcised. He also kept the Sabbath. He also observed feast days. He also would go to a Jewish temple and worship the Jewish way. He also would follow and obey the law. How about you? So why was Jesus baptized? You ever ask yourself that? Why was he baptized? Luke chapter 2, verse 41, 42. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, which is Jewish. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. Then they he got kind of misplaced and they didn't know he was still there when they left, but they came back. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of, what, the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Here's Jesus Christ at the age of 12. He's astounding the leaders with his knowledge and his spirituality concerning truth. Let me ask this question. Don't you think Jesus had enough understanding at the age of 12 to have been baptized? Or if baptism was a public testimony of his faith? Luke chapter 3, verse 23 says this. And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, being as was supposed, the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli. Now let me just say something. That's when he was baptized, in the same context. So if a person wants to follow the Lord, evidently they ought to wait until they're 30 years of age. Hello? Hello? Anybody hear that? Matthew 3:15 says this, and Jesus answering, said unto him, "Suffer it to be so now to John the Baptist about baptizing him, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then He suffered him, or permitted him to be baptized. Christ was baptized to fulfill all righteousness of the law. It states in Matthew 5:17, "Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets; I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill." Jesus Christ, by the way, was the only one who could fulfill the law. Nobody else could ever do that without sinning. And so Christ, he was made of a, born of a woman, made under the law. He came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Everything he did was Jewish when he was up on the earth. And then the scriptures teaches that Jesus Christ was a prophet, a teacher, a prophet. He also was to be king of Israel, their Messiah. And at his baptism, we see his coming to be a future high priest to Israel. Now get this, Israel, who were to become a kingdom of priests. Now there's something about a priest that's very, very important. First of all, Jesus Christ came, and at his baptism, it was also signaling that he would be the high priest. It states in Hebrews 3.1, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ. Who's the high priest? Jesus Christ. Hebrews 4:14. 4, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. So we see there that Christ, part of his baptism was to prepare him to eventually become the high priest. But also for the nation of Israel, the reason they were being baptized was to prepare themselves to become a kingdom of priests. That's very important. Exodus 19, 6. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and holy nation. That was prophesied over the people of Israel. Isaiah 61, 6, talking about the millennium, the kingdom, but you shall be named the priest of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. Israel will become a nation of priests who minister to the world. 1 Peter 1, 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered... These are Jews who were scattered because he says then in chapter 2, verse 9, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal, what? Priesthood Priesthood, and holy nation. Who's he speaking about? Israel, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light which in time past were not a people. Remember, God divorced Israel. And when they were divorced, they were not his people at that time. But are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And then, dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. Remember the strangers? The strangers are Jewish people There are to become a royal priesthood. And part of that, preparing for that, was the fact of water baptism. Revelation 20, verse 6 says this, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, on such the second hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and shall reign with him for how long? What is the thousand years referring to? The millennium, the kingdom. And there's going to be a kingdom of priests. Now when priests were ordained, the law required some rituals, but also the law required washings, which are baptisms. And Aaron and his son... Thou shalt bring unto the door of the tabernacle and the congregation and shall wash them with water. A ceremonial baptism. God was preparing them to become priests. At Jesus' baptism, he was being prepared to become the great high priest. Something else, Christ needed to identify himself with the Jewish little flock, this little small remnant. Luke 12, 32, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The little flock were those who believed that Christ was the Messiah. And Christ wanted to identify with them. You remember Christ's analogy uh, is he is the shepherd and the Jewish believers are the sheep. Do you know Paul never calls us in the body of Christ sheep? Isn't that interesting, huh? You see, this baptism separated Jewish believers from Jewish non-believers, It states in Luke 7, 29, and all the people that heard him and the publicans justified God being baptized with the baptism of John, John the Baptist. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves being not baptized of him. If one was an individual believer, they would be water baptized. If they didn't believe that he was Messiah, they would not be baptized. It separated them. And then Christ was water baptized to make himself manifest to Israel as their Messiah. His baptism marked the beginning of his ministry to reveal this truth. John 1, 29, The next day John seeth Jesus uh, coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And is... This is he of whom I said after me, cometh a man which is preferred before me and was before me, his eternity. And I knew him not, but that he should be made, what? How do, would I know him? He would be made manifest to the body of Christ? To Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it bowed upon him. And I knew him not, but that he sent me to baptize with water. The same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. So Jesus was water baptized. The father sends the dove down and you have the father approving of his son, making himself manifest to the nation of Israel. I am here. I'm ready to do my ministry. So why was Jesus baptized? One, to fulfill the law. Two, to fulfill the priest's office of washing baptism at the age of 30. Three, to make himself manifest known to Israel. The Messiah is here. And four, to identify with Israel's believing remnant. That's why Jesus was baptized. You can't follow Jesus in baptism for its reason, you're not the high priest, you're not the Messiah, you're not the king. You're not associated with the little flock. To the believing followers of Jesus at that time, Mark chapter one, verse four and five, John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea, and they were of Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized for the remission of sins, a national repentance for Israel, and to prepare themselves to become a kingdom of priests. A priest is baptized, is washed. Matthew tells the Lord, says, go ye therefore, teaching all nations, baptizing them. They were commanded to go baptize. Why? Why? Israel is to become a kingdom of priests, and part of that is baptizing. But also part of the Great Commission, we will find in Mark chapter 16, Mark 16, verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Hello? That's pretty clear. I wasn't a very good English student, but I can understand that. <laughs> if you believe and are baptized, you'll be saved. Even after Christ ascended on high the 12 apostles, they took that kingdom message to the nation of Israel. From Acts 2 through Acts 7. And Acts 2, Peter said this, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now that's not the way we baptize today. Today, we just believe and we're sealed with the Spirit of God. That verse right there, Church of Christ used. That verse right there, a lot of Christian churches use, saying you receive the Holy Spirit after you're baptized. But within that was the remission of sins. And remember this, the baptism did not wash away their sins, but it was an expression of their faith in who Jesus Christ was. If they would not be baptized, they did not believe he was the Messiah. But if he was baptized, they would believe he is the Messiah. And that was the expression of their faith. How did they baptize him, by the way? Ezekiel 36, 25. And I'm about done. Okay, I'm just going short today, but I want you to see this then I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be cleaned from all your filthiness, from all your idols will I cleanse you. That's part of the new covenant. That was part for the people of Israel that they will experience one day in the kingdom. It had to begin. They had an opportunity in early Acts, but they said no to it. But did you notice? They sprinkled. Not immerse. They sprinkled. When all the people came out to John the Baptist, he had no way of going down and up with all the people coming. You know what he did? He would take a hyssop branch. Smelled like mint. And he'd dip it in water and they come by. Remember David, when he confessed his sin, wash me with hyssop. okay? Some of you will get that, some of you won't. But we know this. We know that in Acts 2 through Acts 7, Israel had an opportunity and they said no and they rejected Christ. They rejected Stephen who was giving the message and they stoned him to death. At that time, judicially, God set Israel aside. In actuality, it was a transition from Israel being the favored people to Paul's mystery body of Christ. And by the end of Acts 28, it was all over. Before Paul wrote his first book in Acts 20, God had already revealed to him that water baptism was no longer necessary. It had diminished off the scene. 1 Corinthians 1, 17, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. The 12 could not say that. The 12 were sent to baptize because it was associated with Israel's program. But with the body of Christ that began with Paul, he says, Christ sent me not to baptize now. I thought that I could win Jews that way at the beginning, but then Christ revealed to me further revelation, and now it's no longer necessary for today. Paul says in Ephesians 4, 5, one Lord, one faith. Today there's one baptism. One. One. Notice this, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, the first part. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. That's called spirit baptism. There's one baptism today. It's spirit baptism, just like D.L. Moody said. It's where the spirit of God takes you out of your position of being in Adam and places you into a new position of being in Christ. Old things are passed away. No longer in Adam's sin, going to hell. Now I'm going to heaven because I'm in Christ. Amen? Yeah. I guess you could shout a little bit. Amen. Woo! Amen. Thank God for it. So adequate is our position in Christ that Paul says this about it in Colossians 2.10 and you are complete in Him. You don't need anything else to be right with God. (laughs) Everything necessary has been done. You're complete in Him. And Romans 8.30 teaches us that. Everything's been done. You're complete. And what could be accomplished then by water baptism? that Christ and His finished work at Calvary have not already accomplished. You say, well, it's a church ordinance. Is it? Have you ever thought that through? Colossians 2.14 says this, blotting out the handwriting of... He blotted them out. That was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way nailing it to the cross. Huh? Well, that's good stuff right there. To be baptized today is to go back under Israel's program, under the law kingdom program, which reflects on Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Going back under that program renders the completeness of the cross of none effect because it mixes their works with grace. And when you mix works with grace, it nullifies grace. It's all of grace or all of works. God says it's grace for us. The sad truth is we have and hold the cardinal doctrines Of God's Word. As a church, we believe in the virgin birth, the three-in-one God, three separate individual persons, each God but yet one, the deity of Christ, the eternal sonship of Christ. He's always been God's son. The sufficiency of Christ's sacrifice, his blood, his death for our sins. His resurrection to life for our justification. It proved the Father accepted the Son's sacrifice. Living godly in accordance to God's Word. The inspiration of God's Word. It's all inspired of God. We hope the King James Version is the book. We don't apologize for that. Grace living because of right division. We try to live according to the epistles that Paul wrote for the body of Christ. We love all the Bible. We glean principles from other parts. But our instruction and walking orders are found in 13 epistles that Paul wrote. Security of the believer to heaven. Once saved, always saved, because you're sealed by the Spirit of God until the day of redemption. We believe in the rapture one day. The trumpet will sound and we'll be caught up and meet the Lord in there and go to heaven. We also believe then on earth, Israel's seven-year tribulation. At the end of that tribulation, we believe in Christ's return to earth, then the 1,000-year kingdom for Israel, the final defeat of Satan, the white throne judgment, hell and the lake of fire, And we believe that God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. We hold to those cardinal doctrines and teachings. And all these beliefs help us in our relationship, in our walk of faith with God. But Christendom's not satisfied with that. That's not enough for them. For them to fellowship with us, to have credibility, or to give us a hearing. And that's with most who say they're Christians. And to me, amazingly, is they can fellowship with others, those who immerse and those who sprinkle. They can have fellowship, but not us. Because we lack one thing. We lack one drop of water so we can say that we've been baptized. Isn't that ironic? But let me say this. We gladly acknowledge their views, their practices on water baptism, even though we don't agree with them about that. All we can say is the Lord bless them, Love them as they serve the Lord. Thank God they're serving the Lord. We need to remember, as Dr. Stamm says this, truth is always a divider, so we're considered hydrophobic. I like that. <laughs> hydrophobic. It's time for us as a people of God to grow up and mature, It's wrong for us to put aside the word of God in order to maintain Christian fellowship with others who don't agree. Always be gracious. Always be kind. Never in your face. Not, you know, God bless you. We go on about our business, but we hold to the truth. Paul says this in Galatians 1.10. For I do now, uh, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. It's not our business to please other people. It's our business to stay true to what God has revealed to us in His Word. Amen. That's what's important for all of us. I'm grateful that God opened my eyes about this uh, just a few years ago. I'm grateful for it. And I know it's a sticking place with a lot of people in your relationships with other people. But don't give up. Take heart. Stay in the fight. And just stay true to God's word. That's all we ask. Just stay true to it. What God says is final authority. That's it. Not what they say, what they say. What does God say? And we follow that. Just that simple. And if I'm wrong, I want to be shown where I'm wrong. I want the verses. And I don't want opinions or denomination or tradition. I want the word. Amen? Father, we love you. We're thankful for that day that you reached down and you touched our hearts. You illuminated our thinking and our spirit. And we saw how sinful we were, but we saw how sinless your son was and what he did on that cross and in his resurrection. And that day, by faith, we believed alone in the gospel enough to save us. And God, you saved us. Then, God, we began a journey. As we were within Christendom, we would hear all the sayings, and we just would follow along. And then, for some reason, you begin to expand our thinking, our clarity, in rightly dividing, right division. And we begin to see there's a difference when Christ went to the lost sheep of the house of Israel only than when Christ revealed to Paul what he's doing today. And as we begin to wrestle with that, we begin to see how the scriptures came together, became clearer to us, Clarity finally hit us. We weren't confused. We began to see it as you meant it to be. God, what a day that was when you began to show us and on our journey continue to open our minds of understanding concerning the truth of your word. May we never be ashamed of it. May we not stop and take a stand and go back to the old way. May we stay true to what is truth today. God, we're human. We go through a lot of stuff. It's easy for us just not want to fight, quit, give up. But God, help us to be warriors. Help us to stand in the battle. Give us the courage we need. Help us to say no to our flesh and yes to your spirit. That's a battle for us, it's a battle for me, and we need your help. So God, I just pray you be with the people today and may something that was said would cause them to get into the scriptures and study, to make themselves approved unto you, in Jesus' name. And everybody said? God bless you. We hope you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpnd.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. You can watch us live and view past services on our website, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Until next broadcast, may God richly bless you as our prayer.